What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hey, and welcome back for another episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast, episode 35. I'm really happy that you're here. So I'm wondering, have you ever created something in your business or offered something with one of your services that just really drove you crazy? Like something that you imposed upon yourself. Like, for example, I've told the story in previous podcasts about how when I started coaching, I felt like I needed to accommodate anyone's potential time, right? So because I was in London, I started feeling like I was missing out on all this potential business on the West Coast of the US. So I felt like I needed to have our hours, like client hours in the evenings so that I could work with Americans on the West Coast. And I also started feeling like, but what about all those people that are so busy during the week? Shouldn't I see clients on the weekend too to accommodate them? And I started seeing clients on the weekend one of the days and it drove me absolutely crazy. And I realized that I started getting resentful of those clients. Like I started, you know, I'd have be having dinner with my husband and then realize I had to go down to the office to see a client. And I just felt like this sinking feeling. And that that honestly is not the feeling you want before you start working with clients. And I'm sure they could feel that too, that I just wasn't fully present and excited because I didn't want to be there at that moment. So why do we do this to ourselves? It's a bit crazy. And this is what we're talking about. One of the things we're talking about today. Today, I've got Heather Day on the podcast. And Heather is a coach and a yoga teacher that's currently living in Costa Rica. And Heather is all about using our heart and our inner compass to really guide our businesses. And we get into this, what I think is a fantastic conversation, a really real conversation about why we create these crazy things in our businesses that we actually don't want to fulfill and how she has reduced the amount of time that she's spending online with her business, especially spending time on Facebook and how we can really stop all the noise in our head and all the conflicting information about how we're supposed to market and what we're supposed to do and how a coach is supposed to be online. And instead, tune all of that out and really do what's authentic to us and bring more of ourselves into our businesses and creating our programs. We even talk about when you get to the point that you need to cancel some of your products and services so that you can create new ones that are more in align with what you want to deliver. It's a really juicy conversation. And I think, you know, if you've ever felt like you're bordering on cookie cutter or you're, you know, all the coaches and wellness entrepreneurs out there are doing the same thing, or that you're not really happy with the direction that your business is going in, or that you feel like you've lost yourself a bit in your business, I think you'll enjoy this discussion today with Heather Day. As always, you can get all of the links that we talk about in the show notes, which are at wellpreneuronline.com slash 35. So now let's jump into the interview with Heather Day. Hi, Heather. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. 
Nice to speak with you, Amanda. I'm sitting here in London where it's actually sunny today, amazingly, but you are in (laughs) Costa Rica. I am. I'm on kind of the northwest uh, coast in the Guanacaste Peninsula. I can see the ocean off in the distance. It's pretty magical. So Heather, I really (laughs) wanted to have you. I'm I'm a bit jealous, I have to say, as I listen to the sirens (laughs) and the London traffic going by outside. Um, We're lucky we don't have any monkeys going by right now. (laughs) I really wanted to have you on the podcast today to talk about self-doubt and trusting our inner guidance and bringing our full selves into our business because I know that's something that you do in your work and that you've done with yourself in your own business as well as a coach. So I wondered if you could kind of start off by giving us a little bit of your story and and how you ended up in this gorgeous location in Costa Rica doing your work. Yeah. So I was coaching when I was living back in the States. I was living in Montana and transitioned into coaching like many of us do from a a nine to five. I was working for a big national nonprofit. And as I started my coaching career, I took a track that uh, I see a lot of coaches take, which is, okay, we build the website, we put together the programs, we put together the offerings in the way that we think we're supposed to, because this is what we see either in our training or this is what we see other coaches doing out in the world. But there came a certain point where that structure for me really felt like a struggle. I was causing myself a lot of stress and anxiety. I wasn't feeling good when I was thinking about doing my work with my clients. Obviously, I really enjoyed the work that I was doing once I was on the phone with them, but how I actually structured my programs and my offerings wasn't feeling authentic to me. It was like I was trying to be somebody else. I came down to Costa Rica for the first time a couple of years back to the intentional community that I now live in and was really offered an opportunity to step away from my business and reflect on what I actually want to offer to the world, what I actually get super fired up about when I'm working with my clients and realizing, oh my God, I had completely structured my programs basically opposite to how I actually wanted to be working with clients and what I actually wanted to be offering to the world. So I came back to Montana and I radically restructured my business and made the decision that my life priorities would be to live in a community like this where I can teach yoga, I can be in a community of holistic-minded therapists, practitioners, people, families, where I really feel supported to express this passion for what I want to bring into the world more truthfully. So I moved down here a little over a year ago and things have just been unfolding so beautifully ever since. Once I, it sounds really simplistic to say it, but once I stopped caring about fitting myself into any sort of structure that anybody else has, you know, tried and true proven. And I have found my business has been thriving and I have been so much happier ever since. There must have been a lot of fear that came up around that move though. Cause I mean, I completely agree with you that there's, it's so important to step away, right? From your business for a while. And we'll talk about that and you get perspective and then, but then you get home and you get back into it and to make such a radical departure from what you saw other people doing and then to, to actually move to another country. Can you talk a bit about the fears that came up and how you did the move in the end? Yes, fear was huge. I remember packing all my stuff into the storage unit and standing back and looking at my storage unit and going, oh my God, what am I doing? But for me at that point, I think one of the ways that we can hear our own inner guidance, our own inner wisdom 
and our, our, what I call our heart calling is when it's not an option. It's not an option to do anything else. Once you know, you have this, this inner knowing of, I have to, I have to do this differently. So I have to do this differently. Otherwise I am making myself crazy. I'm making myself stressed out. I'm making myself sick. In many of our cases, we stress ourselves out to the point of actually being ill in some way. It's not an option for me to do anything else. So it's, for me, it was trusting that, and trust is a big word for me, trusting that if my inner guidance, my inner wisdom was saying, this is the way, it will work out. Even though at this point, I don't necessarily know how or, or why. Yeah, so just it, it really came down to, to trust and surrender for me. I'm, I'm, this is kind of also how I operate. I, I trust my heart above kind of the, you know, 10 step to do list almost always. And, and that takes a lot of sitting with the, the, the discomfort. And this is something that we have to do as coaches, as solopreneurs, if we really want to build a business that is unique to us, that feels true to us. Because, you know, the market is saturated at this point with coaches. There are so many of us that we really have to allow our unique and individual expression to come out. Otherwise, we're just one more coach who looks like 700 other coaches out there who are all trying to do this the same way. So we have to have the courage and the trust that if we put ourselves out there in the most true way to us, it's that unique expression that's actually going to call to us the people who really resonate and who really want to work with us. But I think in practice, I mean, I completely agree that that we can't just be cookie cutter, especially online. I mean, I think if you're marketing yourself like locally, you might be the only person that does that locally and, and you can carve mm-hmm. out a niche that way. But online, there's it's so noisy and so crowded. You've got to, to show your uniqueness and bring something of yourself and your truth into your marketing and your business, because that's how people, like you said, that's how people are going to really connect with you and decide that you're the coach or the, the practitioner for them instead of, you know, the hundreds of others that are out there on the internet. But, you know, it's so overwhelming to know what to do and to know what to do next. And and there's so many conflicting messages. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening are nodding their heads right now. I hope that, <laughs> that you go out and you're like, okay, I need to find more clients. So you go online and you start Googling and you get 50,000 different opinions about what you should do and formulas you can follow and, you know, people's systems you can buy, or maybe you should take more classes. And it seems like what you're proposing is to turn that all off and really go within for the answers. Yes. One of the best steps I took when I came down here, when I moved down here, was I went on a massive unsubscribe crusade. (laughs) I looked at all the newsletters that I had subscribed to that triggered me to a place of, I'm not doing this good enough. I'm not doing this well enough. I'm, I'm not up to this person's you know, standard. And I unsubscribed. The ones that felt really helpful still, that didn't trigger me into this place of of doubt, I'm still subscribed to them and they're fantastic. I love them. But I had to recognize where that line was between kind of groping around in the dark, groping around in the ether for somebody to tell me how I want to do this 
and sourcing information that I found really helpful that I could kind of glean bits and pieces of, of what I found useful. Because, you know, we all have our strengths and we have our areas of, of marketing or technology or whatever that it's just not our forte. So in those areas, I for sure go out looking for, for insight and support, but in a way that it feels helpful rather than diminishing my own confidence in my intuition. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important nuance there is that it's a great idea to go out and get tactics from the internet. Like you can find tactics that work, like how to market online, how to do Facebook ads, how to, you know, write a sales page. That's stuff you could find online and that's useful. But what I find um, working with clients is that a lot of people are missing the piece that comes before that, which is where are you going? What direction are you going in? Like these tactics, and this is what I really want to dig into to talking about with you, but these tactics, you can use them for anything, right? You can use them for good or evil. You can use them for right. to grow any type of business, any type of program or service offering product that you have. But first, before you fill your head with those, you have to actually set your compass, right? And know where you're going. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about that, like how we can get out of overwhelm mode and really start to reconnect with what's inside mm. us and what we really want to bring out in the world. Yeah, you definitely hit that nail right on the head that people kind of, the proverbial saying, they put the cart in front of the horse. They want to start delivering products and they want to start marketing them before they actually know, why are you delivering this product in the first place? Where is this coming from for you? Where is your passion in this? I, earlier this year, very briefly launched a program that I pretty quickly actually took off the table, even though it meant telling some clients, you know, actually, I'm, I'm deciding that I'm going to take this program down and, you know, I'll cancel your subscription and da, 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 da. Because I realized actually that program was like fulfilling the requirements of that program was driving me crazy. It was a lot of Facebook time. And for me, particularly living where I do, I really don't want to be spending all day on Facebook. So it pretty quickly became clear to me, like, ah, this actually isn't in alignment with how I want to work. So, yeah. I think you're the first guest I've had that has consciously decided not to do a lot on Facebook. So literally, go you. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a breath of fresh air. Like, people listening, if you don't want to be on Facebook and if you don't want to spend all your time or create a Facebook group, you don't have to. They can be really effective to build community. But if it drives you crazy and it's not what you want to be doing, then don't. Exactly. And what I found was that my clients, my ideal clients, their interaction in the Facebook forum was decent, but not great. And what I eventually realized was, ah, if I find the Facebook forum annoying, probably my ideal clients do too. <laughs> Awesome. So for me, so much of, of finding a way of showing up in your business that's actually in alignment with, with the, the entrepreneur, with the coach, with the practitioner is about peeling back all of these layers of the marketing and the Facebook and the, all these things that we think we're supposed to be doing in our business. And we ask the question of how am I showing up in my business as a being? How am I being in my business? What is it that fires me up? When I think about what if, you know, if I have the stage and I wanted to share my message of my, you know, nutrition work, my coaching work, whatever it is, what is it that I'm like so passionate about that I just can't wait to tell the world? 
And then when I think about that message, okay, how do I get super excited about sharing that with people? Is it live classes? Is it writing books? Is it one-on-one work? Is it, you know, intensive one session one-on-one work? Is it long-term one-on-one work? How, what do I love? What do I love to do? Because if you don't love doing it, it's not going to work. You're just going to resent it. Your clients are going to feel it and it's not going to go anywhere. So we have to pare down, even if that means for a lot of, of coaches, particularly, you know, in second year, third year of coaching, even if it means killing a bunch of your programs or your offerings, taking them off the table because they're just not quite right. And really focusing back in on, okay, what is it that I really love about this work? And there are many of us, I think, out there, you know, there's this whole dogma of scale up your work, start offering group programs and these, you know, mega e-courses, which is great for some people. But I think there's also some of us who I personally love one-on-one work. I don't want to give it up in favor of mega e-courses. So for me, that was a big decision of saying, no, actually, this is the kind of work that I really get fired up about. And from there, once you have that, as I I love this term, compass, once you have this compass of here's my passion, here's how I love showing up in the world, here's how I really want to bring this message into the world, let that guide how you show up in the online world. Maybe you don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Maybe you never write an ebook that it's okay. (laughs) Imagine never writing an (laughs) ebook. That's great. No, it's really, that's really freeing. And I think, you know, a lot of the reason that we go into self-employment and starting our own businesses is because we want to have more control over what we're doing during our work days and to work on things that we're passionate about. So it doesn't really make sense to create a business that has us doing work that we really don't like. Right. So this is this is a much more freeing approach, I think. And and plus it aligns it with your strengths. So you'd imagine it would be you'd be a lot better at it as well. Exactly. And people feel your fire. They feel your passion. You know, when you talk to a client, I remember the, the, the moment it was just after I had moved down here and I was talking with a new client. She said, you know, and so much of what I love about working with you is that you are living this. You're Mm -hmm. not just telling me about it. You are living it. And I was like, you know, you're right. And that's what makes me so excited to do this work is that I want to live it, I want to be it, and I want to teach it. Mm -hmm. I have to say that's one of the reasons that finally kind of pushed me over the edge to really leaving my corporate job because I was doing both for a few years. And that sense of here I am talking about health and, you know, working with clients to spread health and wellness and talk about stress management and getting enough sleep and making sure you eat and exercise. And I was completely frazzled. Like I was Mm. just working all day, traveling, like really stressful job. And then I'd come home and try to do my own business on the side. And finally, I was just like, you know what, this is, yeah, just felt really out of alignment with, with what I was what I was telling other people to do. Right. And they yeah. feel that. They oh, feel totally. that. Yeah. So I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, like I, like I said before, you know, you can go away, you can have these sessions with a coach or with yourself or on vacation where you really get clear about tuning your compass and figuring out mm-hmm. where it is that you want to go. And then you come back home and then suddenly all the messages start up again. And you might get in a situation where you've got that gut feeling or the heart your heart-centered feeling like you were talking about of what you should be doing or where the direction you feel pulled to go in. But then your head and all these little thoughts and your vo- these voices and other people might be telling you something totally different. And how do you, yeah, how do you trust yourself? I mean, how do you 
how do you make that happen and keep following that inner voice even when there's so much other commotion and noise and confusion in the world? (laughs) One of the things that I love to do is surround myself with reminders of the essence of that that compass of that heart guidance. You know, I love, for example, Daniela Port's philosophy with the core desired feelings that she teaches, where it's not about, it's not about, I'm going to make X amount of money by X date and I'm going to have X job and I'm going to blah, 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 blah. In that way, it's about how do I want my life to feel? What do I want? Um, what words describe the essence that I want to be living in my life? And I used that with my business. And so I came up with, with words and phrases that really captured that for me. That could be kind of my North Star, that when I was holding my compass in my hand and looking everywhere but, I could return to these kind of core key phrases and say, okay, right, this is what's motivating me. This is why I'm doing it. Like I said, I also made a really big conscious decision to cut off any sources that I found were really triggering. So, you know, I removed myself from some online conversations, some group forums, because I really just found them triggering. They would send me into that spin of, oh my God, I need to be doing this marketing thing. I need to be doing this with my, you know, newsletter list. I need to be, anytime I got into the I need to be's, That was a big sign for me that I really need to look at what am I getting from this forum or newsletter or whatever it is? And is that worth how triggered I'm feeling? I also surround myself with other solopreneurs, women entrepreneurs who I know are great and supportive mirrors for me who are willing to get on Skype with me for two hours when I'm trying to figure out something in a new offering or who are willing to look over a new sales page for me and just reflect to me, this is how this feels for me in in a super supportive and helpful way. That has also been so, so, so important for me to, to not feel so alone in this, this work as a solopreneur. Cause I think we can come up with stories like I'm the only one who doesn't know how to follow my compass when I'm creating my offerings, having other women out there who I could say, women and men who I could say, wow, I'm having kind of a, I'm having a tough day. I'm feeling really pressured in, you know, in these ways. And they can say, no, you're doing a good job. You are following your path. And I'm super proud of you for that. Well, I think even the courage, that takes a lot of courage even to say that. And I think some of the, depending on what forums and things you're on in Facebook or other online forums, it can just feel like everyone is like, oh, look at me. This is amazing. I'm making all this money. I had all this success. I got all this media. And you can feel sometimes like in that environment, like you can't be vulnerable like that. Like you don't want to say that you need help. And so I think what you said is really important. Like it's good to find a smaller group of a few people that you can really be open and supportive of each other. Absolutely. And where you don't feel like you're being, like you have to put on your sales face to go Mm. into this group. Do you still feel like you have to put on your sales face sometimes? Definitely. I mean, there's to a certain degree, we are, when we're on Facebook, when we're on Twitter, we are one part selling marketing our our products our services ourselves i mean we as solopreneurs we are our business there's no like this is my you know wicket and i'm selling this wicket and it's completely disconnected from me we are our business 
So there's always an aspect, I think, of maintaining that consciousness. But what I have found personally is that the more real I am, the more people actually just resonate and, and appreciate the truth. I mean, the, like for me, the blog posts that get the most reads and the most comments are the one where I, I share something super vulnerable about how I've learned or how I messed up or how I've stumbled along the way. And this is how I pick myself back up because that's what people connect with. That when somebody reveals that about themselves, even though nobody likes to reveal that about themselves, but when you read that somebody else has done it, it makes you feel less alone. I think absolutely. Think, oh, right. And that, and that, in a way, creates a community. It creates a bond between you and the readers and connects the people to each other also in the comments. And so I think, well, here I go turning it into a marketing strategy. But I mean, that sound, you know, being authentic in your business is a way to really build community and, and build a relationship with those people that are resonating with your message. And the same goes for kind of networking with our fellow entrepreneurs. This is how we create relationships with people who actually want to support us when we're launching a new project or when we are asking around for interviews for something. If we've actually been real with people and open and honest and, and put ourselves out there to support and be supported in a real way, then we create a true network, not just of affiliates for our program, but of people who truly believe in what we're doing because they get us and they truly believe in us. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious just to kind of shift gears here. And we're getting to the end of our interview, but so you're living in Costa Rica. So I guess yeah. you can't really like pop out to networking events and be, you know, <laughs> and, and be trying to meet people that way. So I'm just curious, what has been working for you in terms of finding clients for your coaching practice? I do a lot of guest posting. Writing for me, I know, is one of my strengths in terms of how I share my work. So I do a lot of guest posting kind of all over the web and interviews with different people. I follow my intuition in terms of people that I, it just feels like, wow, I really resonate with your message. I want to reach out and I want to connect with you. Whether it turns into, you know, I'm working on, personally, I'm working on interviews for a series that'll start airing in a couple weeks here, whether it's asking people for interviews for the series, even though I don't really know them so well, or whether it's just saying, hey, you know, I really vibe with your message. Let's hop on Skype and just chat about what's going on in your world and start to get to know each other a little bit, because really that's what I've got right now is <laughs> Skype. I also um, am still to some degree working from relationships that I built at in-person events. And I, I do believe that there is nothing that quite matches the connection potential at an in-person event. I favor things with a more organic flow. Like I went to WDS last year, for example, and the really social nature of that space for me was great. Didn't feel like everybody was there with their business cards in their back pocket and their sales pitch, mm -hmm. you know, in their left cheek, it was much more authentic and open connection space. But for finding clients, to get back to your question, um, guest posting is a huge one for me. The interview series that I'm going to be launching in the fall feels like a big one for me at this point to reach out to different networks of people through the people who I'm interviewing who are kind of a little off base or off. Um, they're not my most direct colleagues We'll say that they're kind of in different fields. And so bridging those fields, you know, I've been, I interviewed an artist. I interviewed um, a yoga teacher from L.A. I'm interviewing a traveling photographer, these sorts of things. Branching out beyond the usual kind of coaching sphere 
for me is also a, becoming more and more a big part of what I do. And really, and you know this, we all know this, word of mouth is the best. <laughs> it's the best. So when I have clients who I really love, I say that to them. Like, look, I trust you. I trust you. I trust your energy. I trust your judgment. If you know somebody who you think would really resonate with working with me, please connect us even just for, you know, a completely free chat just to talk. And that has, that has also been a great tool for me. I think as coaches, sometimes we have a hard time asking those sorts of things of our clients. But if it's coming from a heart place of, wow, I really have loved working with you. And I would trust your judgment if you thought there was somebody else out there who would really benefit from working with me. Plus from the, the client side, I mean, when you work with a service provider that is just awesome, that you would love the experience with, you want to share it, right? You want mm -hmm. to tell your friends about it. And so I think, yeah, I think it's okay to ask for referrals because if people have enjoyed working with you, they're going to want to help you out. It's not really a big ask for them. I mean, it's, you know, it's something they're excited to share. Exactly. Cool. So do you have any, just to kind of wrap up here, do you have any favorite books or resources, especially around kind of overcoming self-doubt and getting back in touch with our inner compass, I guess? Mm, the one book, and, and I feel like to some degree, everybody knows, but I have to say it again, any of Brene Brown's work, I love just how elegantly she describes this work and how much it's grounded, how, how grounded it is. Not, It's not in this like esoteric place that sometimes we can get to when we start talking about overcoming self-doubt. Um, it's, it's very centered, very grounded. Honestly, for me, I, I'm, I'm a little uh, non-conventional in that I love things like Letters to a Young Poet by Rilke. Have you read this one? No. Mm -mm. It's uh, Rilke was a poet back in the 1800s. And this book is a collection of letters that he wrote to an aspiring young poet who was really struggling to feel like he could express himself through his poetry and that he was being received for the this deep heart longing in his poetry. And so Rilke, as a more established poet, is writing like beautifully, obviously, because he's a poet, about expressing yourself, about expressing love, about expressing pain, about being present with, with everything going on in the life of this young poet. And not only is it a beautiful work, but it's also really inspiring for me to return back to, you know, for this poet, why is he writing poetry? What does he want to give to the world? Oh, great recommendation. I'm going to check that one out. Download it on my <laughs> Kindle. That's great. <laughs> it's a great read. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Heather. Can you let us know where people can find you if they'd like to get in touch or learn more about your work? Absolutely. You can find me online at heatherdaywellness.com. You can also find me by the same name on Facebook and Twitter. Awesome. Thanks so much, Heather. Thank you, Amanda. Wonderful to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast with Heather Day. I hope you really enjoyed our discussion. I found it really thought-provoking, and I know that I'm going to go get that book, Letters to a Young Poet, now. It sounds like some really good reading with a cup of tea or a glass of wine, actually. You can get all the links to what we talked about in the show notes, which are at wellpreneuronline.com slash 35. So thanks so much for being here with me this week. And I'm wishing you loads of success in your wellness business. And I'll see you back here next week with the next episode. Mm -hmm.